Hello, Goldmine readers and our listeners. Hey, this is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine and also goldminemag.com. And welcome to the Goldmine Magazine podcast. We're going to be talking about collecting 45 RPM singles, 45 records. And we're going to be talking about our new price guide, the Goldmine 45 RPM Records Price Guide, the 8th edition. And it's been about 10 years since we had our last one. And this one's very cool, and it's authored by Dave Thompson. He does most of our price guides. And we'll talk, Dave, not only will we talk about the price guide, but we'll talk about collecting 45s, whether you're collecting them um, for the value as an investment or you're doing it as merely a collector. And, of course, you have a lot of different things involved in that, which is picture sleeves. And, of course, Record Store Day has introduced a lot of 45s uh, to the collector recently and there's also the uh, the the art of the picture sleeve and um, you know picture disc colored vinyl uh, limited edition stuff you name it if you're into collecting 45s or if you're a newbie who wants to start collecting 45s this is the episode to listen to so we'll be right back um, to talk with Dave Thompson and right after this message thanks Hey, I'm Ronald Webb, and this is Patrick Prince. And together we host the Goldmine Radio Hour, the show that features the latest issue of Goldmine. The Music Collector's Magazine. Tune in Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on CygnusRadio.com. All right, well, welcome, Dave. Welcome to the Goldmine Magazine podcast. We're going to talk about your new book, Goldmine 45 RPM Records, Price Guide, 8th edition. It's been quite some time since we've had a 45 RPM price guide. I think it's been about 10 years. Why did we um, wait so long? I don't know. I mean, it was long before my time. <laughs> um, but it's about time we did one. Yeah, I think so too. Which leads to my question. Do, do you think with this, what they call the vinyl resurgence... Um, even though guys like you and I have always been, always had vinyl, um, do you think that the value of 45s is going up or down or will it go up in the future? Or is it one of those things that people just kind of look over, uh, look past rather? I'm not sure if vinyl has, if 45s have actually been affected by the vinyl resurgence in any big way. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure that, either. It it seems that, like specific... 45s perhaps yeah it does seem to focus on lps um 45s are their own little world and they you know they're valued according to their own world so they just sit there and go up quietly and when somebody does come along who is new to collecting i think it's often a surprise to them it's like oh this little thing yeah then they see the price or if they're ever going to play it, right? These um, are... if they, yeah. I mean, years and years ago, I mean, when I was a teenager working in a record shop, we actually had this old couple came into the store, bought an Edith Piaf single, brought it back the next day. This isn't Edith Piaf, it's a man. Um, <laughs> so we went and played it, and it was definitely Edith Piaf. It turned out that... They had never bought a single before. They didn't yeah. know you played them at 45. Yeah, yeah. And I can imagine that unfolding a lot. 
with the newer generation of uh, yeah the vinyl resurgence. Twelve inch singles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they rarely say, but you look at it and just assume. I always assume they're going to be on forty five because that's what they are in Britain. Right. And most American ones seem to be thirty three, except when they're not. You know, I have I have to go over and check my record store day forty fives. I I usually buy them just to collect them. I never open them. Yeah, if ever it's a picture disc like the David Bowie picture discs, or oh, you're the worst sort of collector. No, for forty fives, collector, you're an investor. <laughs> That's what I do for forty fives. Um, I love the sleeves. I love the artwork, and the David Bowie picture discs are worth money. The first few, right? They are, um, and it's so annoying because I think we all saw them when they first came out. Now more bloody Bowie. Yeah. that thing again so we didn't bother and then like a couple of years later you look at I could have bought that for $14 and now right. it's 500 <laughs> right yeah those but but yeah Bowie is again he's one of those people that if you stick limited edition on the record the chances are it is going to appreciate quite rapidly mm. and it was like that even before his death yeah. I was going to ask you that, just because you have a picture disc, a colored vinyl, or what is said to be a numbered collector's edition or limited edition, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be valuable. I know my wife came to me, and she, she had all these Madonna records, and she had True Blue a 45 on blue vinyl, and she couldn't wait to look it up in the price guide. The price guide you just authored, and uh, she found out it was only five dollars. She was so disappointed. <laughs> well, the, I mean, the problem with the colored vinyl, there was that point in the late seventies, and it ran through the first half of the eighties, where record companies just figured if we say colored vinyl picture disc, people are going to assume it's limited edition. Yes. And they're going to buy it and you know, save it. But they they weren't very limited. That's true. It did not say limited edition on it. No. And in fact, there was... And even when it did, it didn't matter. There was a Cars picture disc released in the UK in 79, um, Best Friends Girl. Mm. It was a picture disc. It had a picture of a car on it. Oh, boy. Was, yeah, quite novel. Um, <laughs> and it was meant to be a limited edition of, I can't remember, like 3,000, 5,000, something like that. Suddenly, this record is number three in the chart, hmm. and you cannot find a black vinyl copy. All you can find are picture discs. Interesting. And there was actually an investigation opened into, how can this be? How can you be number three if you've only sold 5,000 copies yeah. when everything else has sold 500,000? And it turned out that it wasn't quite as limited as they uh, initially thought. Yeah, it's it's um, well even record store day. Um, I, I've bought a few forty fives, um, on record store day, and I still see them at the record stores. Yeah. Um they're not worth. In fact, they might have gone down in value. <laughs> record record store day forty fives are weird though because I mean because they are limited edition and they're generally aimed at a very select audience. Right. You know, not everybody is going to want, you know, a, I don't know, think of a record, uh, you know, an Animals EP. Right. Um, so I think some 
sometimes they may actually overpress. Well, remember those Kinks uh, 45s that were out? I I was buying every one that came out every year. I I stopped doing it, so I don't don't know if they continue to put those out. But But you can uh, still find them pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. And they're not worth more than... uh, you know what I thought they would. Not that that's that's not the reason I bought it, but um, I was surprised. Um, yeah, there was a um, ZTT box set that came out two or three record store days ago. Ten ten forty fives in a in a box, hmm. and it came out at what was it? I think it was seventy nine ninety nine. Um, I pulled I picked one up from our local store the other day for I think forty. <laughs> huh. So actually declined seriously declined in value yeah just goes to show children if you're not impatient <laughs> wait a little how about these 45s that come with a box set could they ever be listed separately from the box set I assume only if somebody or enough people break up the box right like you notice like the monkeys had one recently uh, they're they're always sneaking in a, a forty five, uh, which is kind of cool actually. But uh, you wonder if it will have any value on its own because you know in the case of collecting, things get separated. Yeah, you, you've you've noticed that when you've uh, collected uh, David Cassidy or the Partridge Family stuff, right? Things get separated. Uh, you always get something without, or you find it on its own. Yeah, uh, you find the plastic bag, but not you find the shopping bag, but not the shopping bag album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or vice versa. Yeah. I mean, this. I mean, that's an interesting question for I think collectors in general is when you buy, say, a box set and it comes with LPs or CDs, you know, a couple of forty fives, you know, a ten inch acetate reproduction. Do you put the 45s in your 45 collection or do you keep them in the box set? Exactly. Or when you buy, even just buy an LP and it comes with a CD, do you keep the CD with the LP? Or yep. do you put it with your CDs? Yeah, no, it's a good question. <laughs> I think for to, if you're collecting for value, you got to keep it together. Um, but where's the fun? I mean, Yeah, that's just the, it. Where's the Where fun? is the fun in collecting uh, for value? I mean, I know a lot of people do, and I understand all the reasons why. But you're going to go out, you buy something. Unless it's, yeah, if it's a baseball card, stamp, coin, whatever, its function is to be looked at. It is. But you're buying a record. Yeah. Or, you know, a box set. Its function is to be played. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And you like even playing the crunchy, the the stuff you find in the dollar bin. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I admit, I do too. For I'll often buy like a unknown band uh, from the dollar bin or stuff that I uh, like, stuff I never imagined myself buying, like a 10cc album. You know, just... I love 10cc albums. Well... <laughs> Okay, well, budgie, okay. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I think it's a good way. I agree with you, but some people will not go there, no matter what. I know. Um, in fact, our local record store, um, we were in there one day, and I was going through the dollar bins, and the guy who ran it you know, turned around to my wife and said, I never had him figured as a dollar bin person. 
Well, uh, she was like, "Oh yes." Well, well, it's not, that that brings me to the forty fives. Is that you find a lot of these forty fives not even in generic sleeves; they're just piled up. Yeah. Um, I bought uh, another of our locals. They they just brought in this collection. They were three for a dollar. Yeah. Uh, they were scratched to death. They had no sleeves. They looked hideous. I I must have picked up you know like a hundred. <laughs> and it was all it was all sort of vintage 60s soul and R&B. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, all these things on you know, the Gamble label, um, early Motown. So like my Marvelettes collection is complete. Now, is a lot of that in the guide? Yes. How about the, how about the Northern Soul stuff? Because that was big on 45. Um, well, it was all on 45. Right. That's what I meant, sorry. would not exist without 45s. A lot of it is, a lot of it isn't. Because um, Northern Soul is just, it's not a genre. It's, it's almost inexplicable what it is. It's obscure American soul from the 60s and, and right. you know, very early 70s that may or may not be considered Northern Soul because was it a hit on the Northern Soul circuit? Or at a specific, you know, club. Right. So you see these compilations. Some labels have, you know, latched onto, oh, Northern Soul, we can make money there. And they'll just license a whole bunch of soul records you've not heard of. Right. And say, it's Northern Soul Classics. <laughs> and you look at it and say, actually, no, none of these were ever played. <laughs> none of these were ever, you know, nobody wants them. Right. Um, so it's very specific and the more involved in it you get the more you find so is there northern soul in the book yes there is um is it all there no because nobody knows every record that should be in there right it's something that was you know it could have been popular at wigan casino for three weeks in 1976 and then people moved on and what a lot of people don't realize, and I'm sure the readers do, is that this is a great undertaking. It takes a lot to put this together, and uh, obviously you can't fit everything in the in Goldmines database. Um, no. How do you how do you edit it down? I mean, is it all genres? Is it uh, do you have to sacrifice genre? I mean, obviously the most rock and roll is probably the first and. jazz we don't get into those wonderful children's records mm. um, we don't get into classical various artist EPs and you know, budget price anonymous cover versions I'd love to include them but they're not really worth that much money and I don't think many other people would love me to include them what about flexies flexies are singles uh, yes um they tend not... I mean, it. we could sit here all day, actually, and say what's not in the book. Okay. <laughs> which is <laughs> probably not what I'm on the air to talk about. Um, well, there's just so much data. There are so many records put out, you know? Yes. I mean, is there a time... Do you, do you get it, Do you cut it off at a certain point? We As, cut off in 1989. Okay. that was really when record companies making right. you know, 45s in this country. 
Um, again, I'd like to continue on, but you have that almost 10-year period where the only things coming out were like indies, some of which are very, very collectible, but others aren't. And again, it's like, where do you, you have to draw the line somewhere? Was there an idea to have it just be on the book on singles on 12 inches in here? Or is that just, that's something you'll, we always put in our other record guides? Yes. Um, this is just seven inch. Right. I mean, ideally we would do you know, a price guide for every year since you know, 1950. Right. One price guide per year, every record that was released. Yep. I mean, that would be so much fun, so much work. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that I mean that's the ultimate undertaking for any price guide, and I think anybody who picks up one of ours and looks and says, "Well, why isn't so and so in there?" Just think about that. Yeah. Think how many records I've been put out. I mean, here you you cut off the value at three dollars, right? Is that correct? Yes. Um, and in the uh, other price guides, it's ten, I believe, right? Um, in albums, it yeah. tends to be ten. Yeah. Um, because singles, I mean, there are still a lot of. Do you remember when they used to be called pocket money prices? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's an awful lot of singles that are still only in the three or four dollar mark. I mean, I'm just looking at Peter Gabriel, and like most of his Geffen seven inch catalog, three dollars. Well, I remember the days, I thought 45s were fun, 7-inch 45s, uh, because you'd go to the record store and they'd have a list of uh, the top 45s, right? And yeah. as as a kid, you wanted to get the, you know, the top, at least the top 20, right? I thought it was kind of fun. And, and of course, some really cheesy stuff would end up in there, like uh, Mr. <laughs> Novelty songs like Mr. Jaws or, or um, The Streak. Or yes. <laughs> what's the what's the CB uh, one? Um, oh, Convoy. Yes, Convoy. Great record. So I have all those because you know I bought them because I it was like collecting. You wanted to check off all the boxes of the top forty um, yep. for the month, you know. So uh, I still own those. <laughs> the streak is we, the funniest one. <laughs> we were spared that particular obsession in the UK. There was. Um, a series of budget-priced LPs that came out, they're called Top of the Pops, and each, they came out every three months. Yeah. And each one would have 12 top hits of the last three months on it, sung by somebody else. Huh. And played by somebody else as well. Um, oftentimes better than the original. Uh, I mean, they're fabulous. I collect those. And Record Store did, they followed suit with side-by-side -side 45s. Um, yeah. But the, these were not even done by people you've heard of. You know, yeah. No yeah, yeah. Doing convoy here. Yeah. It, was, <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, the top of the poppers. It, so, it sounds like those Beatles records that were put out under, you know, crazy names. To, yes, to, yes, the Fab Weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but, I... I I did collect those for a while, but I decided they were, I mean, they just took it too far. They did. But I also noticed you have seven-inch extended plays. I mean, I'm looking at Lead Belly right here. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, EP, I love EPs. I do too. And um, they, I mean, they are, if you had to choose, you know, what, 
in general, which is the most collectible, singles or EPs? EPs do come out on top because there are so many mm-hmm. that are just impossible to find. And and then you have these weird, like I have the I have the immigrant song by Zeppelin. Now, I don't have the one with the etching in, in it, um, where it says "Do what thou." Well, shield by the whole of the law, whatever it's called. That oh, the Alistair Crowley quote. <laughs> yes, in the trail off, um, yeah. that's worth a lot more. Yes. Um, can you think of other examples of things that were done to records to make them worth more? Because um, um, I don't even know if that was limited. Right? Was it limited? I, it might have been the I, first pressing. I broke a Dave Matthews band album once. I think that became worth more. (laughs) Um, Well, there was no Dave Matthew 45s, right? (laughs) Yeah, I can't think of any off the top of my head 45s. Besides it being colored or picture disc. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, that was just... That was Jimmy Page's little gift to us. Yeah, I mean, every time they... to another master or another stamper they you know, the possibility is there to make a change yeah yeah so it's it is interesting for collectors that they do find those little things yeah uh, um, um like easter know. eggs yeah <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if my I still look at my copy of Immigrant Song sometime I'm sure I still have it <laughs> Yeah, no, I I bought the uh, you know I bought the wrong one, unfortunately. Um, I is bought it. A... Right. <laughs> no, no, there is no wrong one, but I'm saying that this one, the one I have, isn't worth yeah, any. Yeah, you didn't get the Crowley quote. Right. But you know, Crowley used to write for Vanity Fair, so you know. Did he? Yeah, yeah. In like 1915, 16, he had a column in Vanity Fair. <laughs> That's funny. And and it was um. Yeah, it wasn't what you expect from the wickedest man in Britain. I mean, he just sort of talked about current events and esoteric things occasionally, but... Oh, God, I would love to read some of that. Um, you can actually find them online. Uh, I'll check after this conversation. Yeah, they're, um, they're entertaining. Well, yeah, I have the third pressing of Immigrant Song, which is doesn't have that etching. I guess Jimmy was off that day. But um, <laughs> now for the last question, what? Okay, I'm a newbie to 45s. You know, I I, I got into the, got into go, uh, collecting vinyl. Um, vinyls, vinyls. Oh no, not vinyls, please. No, you're, if you're new, it's got to be plural. I'm okay, sorry. okay, vinyls. Yeah, on, yeah we're, we're I'm we're, I'm a millennial and I collect vinyls. Vinyls. Yes, we're what is it? Cost playing here. Okay, so anyway, so um, I'm starting to collect 45s. I want to start. Uh, what uh, What's the best? Make believe I have money. What's the best investment? And is it to go for the Sun 45s? Oh, so again, you're not going to collect 45s. You're going to invest in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to get to the collect one. What's the... <laughs> There's a difference. Yeah, there is a difference. So tell me. Let's start with the the one investing first. If you are going to invest, um, sun records, a certain sun records, yeah, I tell you, go for the, those Bowie picture discs. Okay, fair enough. Because again, you're looking at yeah, you know, if you're going to go for pristine sun 45s, 
45s, it doesn't matter how much money you've got, at some point you're going to run out. Right. You know, pick something that's out there that there's a lot of demand for, those Bowie picture discs. Yeah, the first, the first bunch. I mean, even ones from just like the last three or four years I've seen going for, you know, triple figures. Hmm. Well, you also have uh, the Northern Soul, like you said. Um, Go for Northern Soul, but again, be careful. Yep. Um, I would say, if, but if you're just a millennial and you want to, you want to collect the little vinyls. <laughs> actually, when, went into um, a well-known high street used books and records emporium with a bunch of stuff I wanted to get rid of. There were some forty fives there. The girl sort of looked at them and said, "Sorry, we don't take the little ones." Hmm. She said it in an American accent. That wasn't a very good one. The little but ones. We don't take the little ones. Ooh, <laughs> the forty-five is dead. <laughs> um, I would recommend if you just want to get into collecting forty-fives. I would say go to your local and just buy up as many sort of cheapo, fun-looking singles as you can. Well, you know, there are a lot of cheap ones um, with sleeves, if you actually yeah. go. Um, and you could collect by era. Um, yeah. I noticed that what is very affordable, uh, if there's anyone into the 80s, but <laughs> all the 80s 45s are very affordable. You can get them for probably a dollar with picture sleeves. That's yeah. everything from the Go-Go's to Motley Crue. I mean, uh, picture sleeves are fun, and sometimes even the picture sleeves are worth money without the vinyls. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't mock. Which is interesting, right? Yeah. Um, well, because there are dedicated picture sleeve collectors, but obviously if the record came with a sleeve, yeah. um, if you're serious about your collection, you want the sleeve. I and do. I hate sleeve. the generic white sleeves, yes. If the sleeve was limited or, you know, just got cut up and stuck on people's walls, you know, like early Beatles ones, for instance, then, you know, there is value. I tell you what I did the other, uh, about a year ago now, which was totally insane, but I love it, is that I refiled all my 45s by the year of release. Wow. <laughs> you might get in trouble there if there's a second, third pressing. Um, no, by uh, oh the original know, release, okay. The original release, yeah, um, yeah, and that clu- includes a reissue. I'll sometimes put the reissue in the year of the reissue if that's when I remember it from. Wow! But it may. It's funny because I used to have everything filed by you know artists, right? And you bring down a box of singles to play, and you're halfway through the A's, and it's like. This is as far as I get every time. <laughs> you never hear past you know, Aztec camera. Yes. <laughs> Doing them by year. You Interesting. You hear the whole thing in a completely different way. You really and do, because, you know, bands also feed off of each other, right? Yeah. So you'll hear the influences of that of the day. Yeah. That's very. That's a good point. That's a very good point. And I, I've actually been playing more 45s since I did that yeah. than, um, than I had in a long time. The only problem is, of course, American singles up to like 72, 73 didn't put the year on them. Yeah. So then you need your copy of the Goldmine, 45 RPM, 
Records Price Guide, available now. <laughs> yes. So you can look up when they came out. At crossybooks.com. Thanks for the plug. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd throw one in there. <laughs> we need to talk about everything else. <laughs> um, well, I you know, think, I think... On, Go on ahead, I'm sorry. On the subject of filing 45s, before you shut me off, yeah. um, on one of the uh, collector forums, somebody else who collect who files by top 40 position. Interesting. Um, which he admitted gets a little puzzling when both sides of the record chart. Oh. And then he has to buy a second copy. <laughs> I mean, that does, the way, these, those two ways do fill you in as far as music history. If you're yeah. a music history buff, that would probably be the way to organize things. If not, then do it in alphabetical order. <laughs> Well, alphabetical's great if you say, right, I want to play all my monkeys singles. True. But, because uh, otherwise you're sort of ferreting through five different boxes in search of them. Yeah, uh, and that, that would be one, the monkeys, uh, the Beatles, because they had so many singles, ABBA, you know, you would probably be best in keeping those separate, maybe, to just... Well, I, was sne- I was sneaky with the Beatles, um... A lot, I think all the singles were reissued in the UK in 1976 and these fetching green and white picture sleeves. I collect those. I don't want the originals. I want the 1976 reissues with picture sleeve because then I can just put them in 1976. Yeah. Well, I, you know, the problem with, you know, I keep, I keep losing the adapters um, to put in the middle. <laughs> don't you have like just one little solid black one that lives with the record player? I, that's true. I lost that one too, <laughs> and they used to come with the old turntables. Yes. Yeah, like I have a Techniques from nineteen eighty two, and it 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 was there, but not anymore. Um, There's no hope for you then. No, no, I'm disorganized in that. When little I things love- get disorganized, yeah. Also, one last thing is, and I know you don't have imports in here, right? Um, Badly, not even Canadian ones person who's about to write to me i i'm glad we'll nip it in the bud um but i like the japanese pressings i see the you know it's very interesting um although japanese picture sleeves aren't quite as exciting because very often they're just a single piece of paper yes in a plastic sleeve so it's not really a picture sleeve it's sort of an insert and they always choose like the worst possible artwork. It seems. Oh yeah. Or yeah, or it seems like something copied from a, um, a Xerox machine. <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of. Uh, for some reason, I have a lot of Japanese T Rex singles. But that's the fun of it, kind of. Oh, I mean, foreign picture sleeves are just such a wonderful area to. Oh yeah. You can. In fact, some of the European ones are better. Oh, definitely yes. Yeah. Uh, because they're a little more wild. Um, and European well, pressings tend to be better quality as well. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I noticed that... Is that I'm just for 45s, or is that you think that's for vinyl, too? I think it's across the board. Huh. Um, I recently bought a new copy of Slade Alive, because mm. I, yeah, I got one I picked up like an American pressing. Yeah. And it was a bit scratchy, so I found a British one online, so I bought that and played it, and it's like, this sounds 
so much better. Yes. But 45s, I don't know what the diff- what the difference is in sort of the quality of material they made them out of. Right. But British 45s sort of retain their sound and shape a lot better than many American. It's different than, say, Jamaican 45s, which will be made, were made out of anything that was handy. Anything that was round, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I love Jamaican 45s. Like, you buy them new and they already sound like you got them out of the, doll- you know, the 30p, the 30-cent box. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, that will end it for us. I, I uh... I think it's you know I like the fact that you you packed in as many listings as you could. Yeah. Um, you even sacrificed uh, you know these images of the the picture sleeves because you want to get in as many listings as you could into this. Into My this book. feeling is if you buy a book like this, you know, there's always going to be things that you want to find in there that aren't there. Yep. If we put in pictures, there'd be even more things you want that aren't in there. Right. And yeah, you can always... Simply... Because, yeah, I mean, books always come down to economics and everything else. And, you know, we had 784 pages. We could not go above that. Right. Now, putting in 10 pages of pictures, that's 10 pages less. Exactly. And you know what? Um, Save the picture sleeves and the images for Goldmine Magazine. There you go. If you... So I say you know, the more listings, the better. Right. Um, I agree. Yeah, you, know, you can tell I'm a writer rather than a photographer. <laughs> no, you just want pictures. <laughs> <laughs> you just want pictures with price stickers on them, artistic price stickers. Well, let's be fair. You do have a few pictures in the introduction. <laughs> you talk about Jackie Wilson and the zombies. Yeah. And, yeah, okay. yeah, I mean... Yeah, is there like two pictures in the introduction? No, you got satisfaction. You got Beatles. Oh, you got yes. yeah. You got Sun. You cover yeah. Sun. All right. Well, hopefully everyone buys the the new price guide, Goldmine Forty Five RPM Records Price Guide, the eighth edition. And I hope this continues. Um, it's gotten a buzz. I hope it continues to the ninth edition. I know I love. Uh, I hope so. Um, and I'd like yeah. You know, Enough people go out and buy this one. The ninth edition would be even bigger. Yes, exactly. With even less pictures <laughs> and more <laughs> listings. All right, I'm Dave. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Four pictures slipped in. Oh. <laughs> they took up space. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It is a great. It is a great guide. I I personally love it. Um, but anyway, thank you for thank you for taking the time, Dave, and we'll talk to you thank soon. You. Right. All right, bye now. Thanks very much. Bye. Thank you, Dave Thompson, author of our newest Goldmine 45 RPM Records Price Guide, the 8th edition. It's well worth it because we haven't had one in 10 years, and this one's very cool. In fact, you could go to crossybooks.com and order yours. Uh, This new edition features an easy-to-use format organized alphabetically by artists. And it showcases more than 80,000 records and secondary market values for the vinyl format that changed, let's face it, this changed music forever. It's where it all began, um, basically, for, for vinyl. 
All right. Well, thank you, listeners. And go to goldminemag.com to get exclusive articles and interviews. And also, you could go there for giveaways. And also, subscribe. Have Goldmine Magazine delivered right to your door. I mean, you could go to Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and select record stores to pick it up. But if you want it right to your door every month, go to goldminemag.com and subscribe. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye now.